Welcome back to Roommates of Catan. This week's episode, Freezing Your Assets. When we last left, Roderick found Steve in a compromising position. What do we got in here in the CRISPR? Hey, Steve. Hey. hey. Oh, oh, hey, Roderick. Yeah. What are you What are you doing in the fridge there, Steve? Oh, d- you know, I just, I had some ore I was keeping in the back here, and I'm not... You know, I was I was just pulling a little oh, bit. Yeah. Of, no, I know. Yeah, a little bit of ore out of the looking at the ore. Hey, have you seen crisper. Have you seen any? Uh, have you seen any wool in there? Is there any wool in? No, in no. I I I haven't really seen any wool in this fridge for a long time. No, not not for a while. Because it, it's funny. Two days ago, I I put a whole bunch of wool in there. I put like six wool in there. You haven't seen that. No, I I really haven't. You know. You, you, you know, you had a, you had a friend over a little while ago. Maybe you know. Well, yeah, my my friend Dottie, the sheep who gave me some wool. Yeah, no, I no. I, see, here's the thing, Steve. I had six wool in the fridge two days ago, and you know, yesterday six wool in the fridge, and and today there's there's none. There's no wool in the fridge. Well, I don't know that it's my responsibility to keep track of all the wool oh, you have around this house. I, sure. no, I, 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 I I don't think that's my job. No, frankly. no, no. I don't. I don't think you're like the wool accountant, Steve. The thing is, the thing is that I had six wool, and now there's no wool in the fridge, and you've been spending a bunch of time with with with, with Cassandra, that girl from the two for one wool trading port, and now and now you've got. Coming out of your door from your room into the common room, you can't even close your door because there's a city. There's a city coming out of your room into the common room, Steve. And where did where did the city come from? I Gosh, just, Roderick, why don't you tell me how you had six wool a few more times? I mean, like, I, I know how much wool you had, and I wasn't really paying that much attention to it, because frankly, I have my own shit going oh, on. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. As you, gotta, you noticed. You've got a fucking city yeah. out of nowhere. I have a city. You, and, and there's, like, three fucking roads coming off. I'm and, not sure that's uh, that's that much of your business, frankly. Oh, that's I'm sorry. What and, I do and, in my own house when I get home from your work. Your house, your house. <laughs> I seem to remember subletting to you. I remember. I, I seem to remember having the lease and extending to you as a personal favor. When you came to me saying, "Roderick, Roderick, I'm I'm really hard up and I need a place to stay because I'm really I'm going through recovery and I need someone I can trust." And I said, "Sure, Steve. Yeah. No, come stay with me because you're a reliable guy. You've turned the fucking leaf over. You're past all your fucking bullshit. Walking off with people's." Shit thing. So now we have to bring my fucking recovery into the conversation. Well, you know, I don't That's just fantastic. You know, you know, I spent a lot of money on wood in my day, and now I've kicked it, and I wish you were there to support me instead you know, and of I, constantly dragging this out to I, rake me over the coals Steve, for something that Steve, I'm not even Steve, doing anymore. Steven. Yes, Roger. I am, I am, I am, I am proud of you. Okay, you've made progress. I'm happy for you. You have really shown some strength there. But you used to hang with some serious brick dealers. And the thing is, I know that girl. I know two for one girl. I, I, you know, she is bad news. She is in with the brick guys. And then you've got this city. You've got this city and this fucking road. I can't believe you just, just mosey in and just pass judgment on all my friends. You know what? I, you never even took the time you, to get to know these people. And... It, you know, if you're asking me where my wool comes from, maybe I fucking roll for it. That, maybe no, that, my dice turns up okay once in a you while. You know, now you're saying now you're saying you're rolling for wool. Last week you're saying you kept rolling sevens. It's that fucking thief. It's just one thing after another. I just 
Look, look. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you can give me three ore. Ah, uh, here we go. I'm just saying, like, we can make this right. Just, just three ore. Tip. This is typical. You know, you know, I've been working on that long road. This is this I'm just as a show of faith. As a show of faith. See, first you rake me over the coals, and then you come with your hat in your hand. This is just exactly how it always goes in this house. All right, it's, all this is water under the brick. I'm going to give you three ore, two ore. I'm going to give you two ore. Two ore and a brick. Two ore and a brick, and this is all water under the bridge. You don't even bring up your wool it's, anymore. It's, it's, it's a non-issue. All right. Okay, two ore and a brick. All right, I'm going to talk about You want anything? Crap shoot, crap shoot, crap shoot, crap shoot. It's the crapshoot. Hi. Hi. Do you know what episode number it is? Uh, 40 something. No, no, 20 something. 20, I think 20 something. 20 something. We're zeroing in on it. Yeah, 20, 28. Um, you were just talking about Matt Howie being in uh, New York? I think he's in New York, yeah. Okay. You said getting on a subway, and I yeah, guess so I just I immediately he, jumped in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no idea where he is. Uh, and it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> to just be like, oh, neat, Matt's in New York. Not, oh, Matt's in New York, and why didn't he tell me? Right. Now it's like, he doesn't have to tell me. He can just go to New York. It doesn't matter. I'm still adjusting mentally to this whole thing where, like, mm. it's not his problem. It is my problem, and his problems are no longer problems. And that's, you know, all that works out really well. So it's... Last episode, we were talking about getting some fuck you money and taking a helicopter to a private island. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're obviously yeah. not at that level yeah, yet. Yeah, they're, they're, they're working on it. I, they I must not have heard that episode <laughs> yet. <laughs> You'd think they would take our advice. <laughs> Number one, get the fuck you money. Number right. two. Private island. Yeah. Private helicopter, private island. And you were calling Matt Howie because he is needs to get you on the Metafilter phone Yes. So train. so at this point, I'm, I'm in charge of Metafilter. But there's a don't tell anybody. There's, there's a certain amount of stuff that just like because it's not convenient to change it, still mm. at uh, you know like a month in, basically still has to be Matt poking a thing, which right. is a weird thing. We're sort of slowly figuring out what falls into that realm. Uh, and yeah, so to go and buy with my company credit card myself as the person running the site an upgrade of a phone after however many years mm. I had to, you know, get my, you know, parents permission slip essentially right. from the Verizon people. Uh, and maybe we can get me as like a co, you know, responsible person on the Verizon account in the future okay. for, you know, so Matt doesn't have to get involved every time someone needs a new piece of equipment. But, uh, or you could just go into the note pin to your shirt from Matt. That yeah. says it's okay for <laughs> yeah, you I'm to probably, have a phone. I, 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 <laughs> Dad says it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, congratulations on the new phone, though. Show me it. Yes, it's a it's an iPhone six. Mm -hmm. no, nothing says radio like looking at a phone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah what, no, how, a, what what made you not go for the six plus? Out of curiosity, the six plus is fucking ridiculous. Are you yeah. kidding me? I I have an iPad. I don't need two yeah. iPads. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I this is I've been using a four S. So like I haven't even had like the five as a mm. stepping stone. Mm -hmm. So this thing is just absurdly huge to me. Like it's it's manageable. But I think the, the six plus would have just been fucking ridiculous you know as much as it's fun to make fun of people who accidentally bend their phones mm -hmm. i'm not exactly nice to my phone <laughs> and i think i would end up being one of the people who'd be like fuck and you know it's like i i will scrape this shit out like like my 4s had a scraped up screen it wasn't cracked or anything but like you know scratches mm -hmm. i was it slid halfway down my roof a couple years ago <laughs> on on the like the screen facing the the grit of the shingles and so it's got some good scrapes there 
Uh, I don't give a shit. That's fine. But if you take something that's not supposed to be bent and bend it a little bit, that shit is going to drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, motherfucker, you cannot go and... No, that's that line is supposed to be straight. Our, our stereo for many years that we had before we finally replaced it had uh, gotten a little dented shipping across country, and it didn't have any real effect on the functionality of the stereo, but the thing was dented. The mm. corner, which was supposed to be like three straight lines, none of those lines were straight. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to fucking process this. It's a good thing it's black and sitting under something else, and I never have to look at it because, God damn it, you can't bend a piece of electronics. So Some things make me itchy like that, for sure. I, th- I mean, you know, I, I have to be my dorky-ass Mac store employed for the last 10 years self and uh, say it's been my experience that the, the phone bending thing is not a real thing. I mean, there were people who put it in their back pocket and sat on it. Howie, Matt Howie bent his fucking phone. <laughs> that motherfucker, that's who That's who does it. Yeah. Somehow Matt Howie bent his phone. You and I are on opposite kind of TikTok phone upright cycles. So I had the 4, but not the 4S. And now I have the 5, but never got the 5S. And maybe the 6. I might hopscotch too, the way you kind of just did. Yeah. Because my 5 is still ticking, but yeah, that 4 was, by the time I swapped out the 4 it was really frustrating I get the impression the difference between the 4 and the 4S in terms of life cycle right now is pretty significant Mm -hmm. there like the 4S has been working but it's been it's been getting jankier and jankier and and it 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 felt like it was time to finally go ahead and say how about I have a phone where I I reliably get the power to turn off when I press a power button Hmm. how about I get a phone that maybe won't stop mid scroll half the time when I try scrolling Mm -hmm. Plus, I want to be able to play Spirit Lords on something that won't take forever to load and crash if I stay too long on the the the, the uh, uh, Spirit upgrade screen because that's just you know what just with my flow. You know, what just came to the iPhone is Hearthstone, the game I was trying to get you to play a little oh, while yeah, ago. Yeah, this yeah. wasn't on mic, uh, but uh, it's the Blizzard collectible uh, yeah. card game uh, for, for the iPad, can Mac, we, Windows. Can we actually arrange to play against iPhone. each other directly, or do we have yeah. to like navigate? Because I would, I would sit down and play some Hearthstone like just one on one. Sure, you. sure. Like that, that, that's that, that's my thing with Hearthstone is I want it to not exist uh, in a global economy. I think maybe we did talk about this, maybe. But my the brief version of my manifesto on it is that the thing I loved about Magic the Gathering when I learned that in high school was that like even though it was a big nationwide thing and global thing even and got a huge following obviously uh, it was still very local the way it played like I would you know play it at school with people at school who also played it I'd play it with you know friends down the block you know maybe go to a local comic store and play it and and so you would learn the game by doing and strategies that would cohere would mostly cohere very haphazardly you know, you and the other people you play at high school with, you aren't going to go and like review articles on best deck building strategies and, and create the same deck that everybody's winning tournaments in Italy with. Uh, and the problem with Hearthstone is that the whole thing's online immediately. It's really, really easy to talk about. Uh, the standard card set's essentially so, uh, because it's a relatively small card set, because it's all publicized, everybody can be playing a minor variation of the same basic deck. And so, like, all the mystery sort of goes out of it. And then it's become, like, let's pit our well-known decks against each other and see who happens to play slightly better this time. Right. You know, I want the goofiness. I want the, yeah. holy fuck, did you see this card? Rather than everybody's like, oh, yeah, that... 
There is some of that. And from a game design perspective, I mean, I don't know how you engineer around that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's either you make every card exactly as good as every other card, so every deck is exactly the same, or optimization strategies emerge. You know, yeah. it's it's you kind it's of can't, totally you can't help it. Like, it's not a bad thing about the game. It's sure. just not what I want. But it's surprisingly allows for variation within that and and it's i i'd never never begrudge someone like looking up a deck that's going to work because it's frustrating to lose a lot of times in a row especially against seemingly identical decks that you don't really have a counter for but um it's kind of my nature never to do that and i've never built a deck that i looked up and i've never looked up decks i've looked up individual cards just out of curiosity of what people like, I get a cool new card, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if this can synergize with this, or would it work if it fired off before this sure. card died, or who would, you know, whatever, all the mechanics. But um, I've never actually gone and looked up a deck and built it and tried it, because it just, that seems to be the the least fun part of it for me, and then that would just become what the game yeah, was for me. like the metagaming just can right. sort of take it over. And I really, I win about 55% of my games, I would say. Um and, uh, you know, nothing to write home about, and I don't tend to climb real high up the ladder or anything. But um, I do fine with decks that I've put together kind of having invented my own synergies. And I think it's really fun to learn it's something that you have never seen before by playing someone who has kind of come up with their own little weird tw- tweak yeah. on a, you know, well, these two cards actually pair really well, which you wouldn't expect, but when this one dies, it actually infuses this one with that or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I like I like adopting things from that and trying to blend them into decks that I've kind of bumbled along and put together myself. But um, I think, anyways, a long way of saying I think that Hearthstone does as well as a game today could do in allowing a space for different types of decks to sure, compete yeah, I don't reasonably with each other I don't and not just like, well, if you sense. don't have this one optimized deck, like, why are you even playing? Yeah, yeah it seems like the, like the real optimization issue really only comes out in super high-level play, mm-hmm. is the impression I get, so... So I'm, I, I, I think I developed too strongly bad of an attitude about it. Like, 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 I don't think the game is bad. I just decided that I was not in the mental space to actually sure. <laughs> to, like feel like I was going to get a payoff on spending the time to get to know the card set and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I, um, I'm Josh Millard, by the way. I'm Jesse Holden. Here's the interesting part of this experiment. So, well, <laughs> experiment. three One things word. just happened. <laughs> One is, uh, I'm recording all this on the iPad as an experiment, and the iPad stopped recording, which I'll circle back to in a second. Simultaneously, we came to the end of a uh, conversation and we were going to take a quick moment. And thirdly, the phone rang and it was my mom, which um, Josh <laughs> didn't miss an opportunity to make a joke about, but wasn't captured because of the aforementioned two things. So here's the thing. When you're recording to GarageBand on the iPad, you have a pretty short, quote unquote, song length that you can record into. And it's like eight to 12 minutes, I think, ish. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think it's roughly 10 minutes, give or take. And... Um, I thought that would be interesting, and here's why. Because I was listening to the last episode we recorded, and we stayed on one topic for about 45 minutes. <laughs> and not that that's bad, right? But I think it's interesting. It might be interesting to go the opposite extreme on this. Force ourselves towards... D- one topic, us. 10 minutes, no more. When you're done with that topic, I hit stop, and then we record a new chunk. I'm on board. I'm okay. on board. I feel like... Does that mean we should have a better idea of what a topic is going to be when we start? Because... Uh... Yes, and uh, what I wanted to do before you got here was 
put little topics on slips of paper and draw them out <laughs> randomly as we went, but I did not get my shit together in well, time. Well, do you want to take a little break and do that? I mean, is it just a matter of writing slips of paper? Because I've got a nearly empty beer. We could just, like, I mean, we could, we, we don't have to stop immediately. We can, right. this could be our, 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 our flex segment. Yeah. Well, let's, let's establish the rules then. Cause we have a, we have a few more minutes on this one that we can use. <laughs> And then on the next, I like the sudden sense of urgency this has. <laughs> I think that's good because I think that there was a sense of lethargy on the last one, which I, again I I liked the episode, but I don't want them all to be like sure, that. So that. maybe we can go a little in the opposite direction on this one. I say lethargy. I mean lethargic, but but lethargy. I think lethargy okay. is probably right. Did I say lethargy? Yeah. I mean, I okay. I say things I I think that are structurally synonymous to lethargy, <laughs> like lethargy. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not like, I, I'm not like trying to give you shit. I'm just trying to acknowledge my reaction to that. Cause I, I imagine lethargy is probably the more accepted pronunciation, but there's other words that I think I would do the lethargy thing too. We could make a supercut of crapshoot conversations about how to pronounce words. Yes, yes, we probably could. For some stupid reason, it it always fascinates me. It's it's an exciting thing. There's something honestly you know, does. There's something about engaging with language, which is something that. <laughs> When you really think about it, it's insane that we don't have to engage with it every moment. Like the fact that we can, that our brains allow us to do natural language. This is something that we just mm. are capable of is incredible. I probably, probably ranted about this drunkenly in my basement a couple of years ago at some <laughs> point. You know, it's just, it's a really amazing thing brains can do. We take it so for granted uh, that, 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 you know, when you stop and actually sort of think about it, it makes sense that we would be like interested in how it works because it's this giant complicated task that our brains are just fucking doing. And we notice when someone fucks up slightly, like if you are, if you are doing like 99.5% correct, people are going to point and laugh at you for being such a fuck up at this incredibly complicated task. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just so natural to us. Yeah. Noam Chomsky starts at like language theory and arrives at ethics, political theory, all that stuff. But you, it, it all kind of comes from the same uh, concept forming communications, fundamentals and, that type of stuff. It's, it's really, really, really uh, runs through all aspects of our life, I think. Language. I got really into Noam Chomsky as a kid, um, but only Noam Chomsky specifically as a linguist. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about his later, more political stuff. And so it was always weird for me because, like, it was one of those things where, like, you know, precocious kid learns about a topic, learns about an author, then gets excited when he comes up. But it was ne- no one ever mm-hmm. wanted to talk about uh you know derivational you know linguistic substructures when they were bringing up Chomsky they wanted to talk about his opinions about like Israel mm-hmm. and and it was a it was a weird specific kind of disappointment as a kid like finding <laughs> out that the one thing that you thought you were interested in that was sort of an adult thing that you could be like yeah no, it turns out everybody's like, no, no, let's 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 argue about uh, the West Bank. That's what we should do. <laughs> There's a bit on the the Mitchell and Webb look, the British sketch comedy show David Mitchell and Robert Webb, where um, one of them is playing a talk show host and the other is playing a talk show host, not on the air, but like just, you know, working out their next guest. Yeah. And the other is playing um, uh, uh, Neil Armstrong's agent to get him on the show. But he doesn't want to talk about space or the moon or anything. He just <laughs> wants to talk about his new young adult novel. He's like not allowed to ask any questions. And they're kind of like, well, can, please, can I just ask him a little bit about the moon? Um, so a little bit like a little bit similar, maybe. Um, but before we run out of time. So uh, I think that if we draw a topic, we have to stop at 10 minutes. But if we want to stop sooner, we can draw a new topic 
but we can only use whatever's remaining in that block. Oh shit! On that topic. Uh, okay. Okay. Do you think that makes sense? I think we can give that a shot. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stop momentarily here. And, That's really gonna uh, incentivize us to bail early on something that we think is a loser. Because I think that th- we really could use that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was gonna say maybe we could just like you know we we could stop on a given topic and just stop if we could make a compelling argument for why we should stop on it. Mm. But then I feel like we could end up eating up an extra five minutes doing that too. So it, it, yeah, it's maybe problematic. Okay, I'm going to not record us writing the topics okay. quietly and, okay. and dropping them into a hat, but we will be back momentarily. Here we go. I'm amped. Are you amped? I'm, I'm excited amped. about this. I'm, I'm excited. This is, a whole, this is a whole process. What I'm holding is a bag full of conversation topics, none of which will be allowed to go more than 10 minutes. So it is decreed. Uh, Josh, stop, che- stop cheating. No, no, no. Please. I, I, no, I, I'll put it in after. Um, I, I, so the thing is, we wrote down a bunch of things during the break. We wrote down a bunch of things on pieces of paper and put them into this scalp of Jake from Adventure Time hat. I scalped them. Um, and, and, and we're going to pull them out and talk for, as discussed, you know, at most 10 minutes, possibly less mm-hmm. about each topic. But something just occurred to me that I need to throw in the hat. So I'm writing it down while Jesse will go about pulling the uh, inaugural. Uh, oh, Josh has to pull it. Hat. Oh, I have. Oh, shit. Yeah. How am I going to multitask? Okay. You can't. Oh, I refuse. Jesus. I refuse okay. to allow it. What is it? Working from home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah. Well, we both do that now. Yeah. Oh, you do. I did not know you work from home now. So it's. Holy shit. It's a little That's bit different. Thing. Yeah. It's. um. I. I. My job has always been strange. I had a office that I was kind of centered out of in Lake Oswego, and I would go to the stores and have meetings and check in with people, and I was pretty mobile. Um, since the buyout, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't the dust hasn't quite settled on. One of which is how I how I recoup mileage for you know when I drive to say Seattle or Redmond or Eugene, Oregon, or all these you know places that are a little further afield. Xanadu. Xanadu is one. Um, Tacoma. So, anyways, the upshot is in the short term, I do almost all my stuff kind of headquartered out of this room. I mean, that's why I have two computers set up. One's kind of my work computer and one's my personal. Um, And it's different. There's a different flow to your day. I think that it reminds me a little bit of when I tried to, when I was a little, excuse me, younger and less disciplined, and I tried to take, like, college courses online, and it'd be like... This is going to be perfectly suited to my style because I can just set my own hours and I'm really engaged as it strikes me and stuff. And because I was like 18 or 19, I was just like amped for a week and then totally petered out on absolutely everything. Um, Now I'm 33 and I have a little bit more self-discipline than I did when I was younger, but it's hard to shake the nagging feeling that like I'm getting away with murder just by the fact that I'm working from home. Even though I honestly like work more, I spend less, you know, no time in the car. I'm really responsive to everybody. But at the same time, it's like this, I, you know, I wake up, I plod into this room and I start working and it seems like I've never kind of psychologically clocked in, even though I am. Again, yeah. not being, you know, dereliction of duty. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't have that kind of like, boom, okay, I'm walking in the door, my game face is on, the next eight hours, I'm just going to be in work mode. Yeah. Um, you have worked from home for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, like seven years me. now. 
Um, or going on seven at least. Um, you know what? Uh, the most interesting thing you can do in a conversation is stop and correct yourself about precise amounts of time that no one cares about. Yeah. Like you really, everybody needs to know that, well, it's not seven years. It's, it's six and a half, six and two thirds. Let's really, let's really nail down the span of time that you don't care about that I'm going to quibble over. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the only thing better than that is going on at length about how you did something that was rhetorically worthless. Uh, <laughs> Turtles all the way down. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, it's weird. Part of it is my job, like, I, I, I work a typical shift is eight hours, but it's also not really like an eight hours of getting shit done. Mm-hmm. It's like eight hours where I am the primary person responsible for reacting to things. Mm. And if there's a lot to react to, that can be a very busy eight hours. And if there's not a lot to react to, it could be really chill. You know, it could be... So it's weird because I don't really... I don't feel like I have to deal with quite the same sort of self-discipline issues as come up mm-hmm. uh, with a more traditional sort of telecommuting job. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not the thing where that I'm working an office nine to five job, but I happen to be working in an office in my home. It's more that I need to do my job and I need to know how to do it and I need to be attentive to do it. But the shape of it is very different, you know, so so it, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't feel like I have as much of the uh, telecommuting experience mm-hmm. that some people have. I don't have I don't have that driving need to keep myself on task and productive because what productive means tends to vary from day to day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like I got to get another 2000 words done today. It's not like, oh, I got to get those reports in. I mean, there's 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 discrete tasks I need to do. But the nature of my job is not one where there's eight hours a day of discrete tasks to do. It's like, you know, there's an hour of stuff that needs to be done every day. And then between, you know, like I would say two and 16 hours worth of reactive stuff to do in an eight hour shift. So it's, it's, it's all over the fucking map. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have that. I don't have that specific problem that I think is really common with work from home stuff of how do I keep myself honest? Because if I don't answer an email, if I don't check flags, if I don't respond to stuff on Metafilter, it's super fucking obvious that right. like, you know, the mods have disappeared <laughs> for several hours, you know? Right. Um, but I think, I think that's something about sort of telecommuting and work from home and, and sort of relatively unstructured, work is is there it's more obvious that it needs to sort of fit your uh your your attitude and your personality which is funny because i don't think it's any different from a job where you have to show up every day it's just that with a job you have to show up every day everybody is stuck within that framework and everybody's stuck with to some extent the friction Mm -hmm. the, the fiction that that framework is universal and that it fits everybody you know, like if you have to show up at the office, you're going to spend eight hours at the office. And if you're not really coping well with spending eight hours in the office, you're going to find little ways to deal with it. Like when I when I had a, a, a insurance job, I went out for coffee a lot. And that's really when I started drinking coffee. And it's not because I even particularly loved coffee. It's just like that was an excuse to walk out of the fucking building, mm-hmm. you know, three or four times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was one of those people who'd like, you know, I think I'm going to just go take a real long pee sometimes too. like, you know, True. just like I may not actually be peeing the entire time in the bathroom. I know I just be sitting in the bathroom being not at my desk for a yeah. couple minutes, you know, and stuff like that. Like when you work from home, some of that stuff can become a much more natural rhythm. But you're also there is the challenge to make sure that your natural rhythm doesn't turn out to be just not fucking working. Right. You know? And it's it's a tricky thing. I worked briefly 
uh, from home a couple days a week in college when I had a, a job one summer. And uh, yeah, I did not get a whole lot done because you know what? With no one watching me, I could just full on realize that I was a fucking imposter at that job and maybe <laughs> uh, just uh, ignore my poorly stated goals and play some video games and no one was going to notice. Whereas at the office, I had to like keep looking at the Pearl script that I didn't know what the fuck to do with and, uh, you know, look busy and then, yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about like, well, I'm just going to take a couple extended bathroom breaks today because it's just yeah. I, I don't have it in me today or whatever. Yeah, I just need to go sit to in be a fucking work. sit on a, a machine designed for collecting poop because that beats <laughs> sitting in the desk assigned to me to do my actual employable job. Right. I would actually rather be sitting in the shit room yes, than exactly. at my desk right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our next topic, our next segment is going. It's yours again. Oh, uh, good. Genetic football redux. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. So maybe we shouldn't go ten minutes on this one, but um, we talked a lot last week about uh, genetic football. Yes, and uh, it's evolved a little bit since then, if you will. Yes, I, I yes, I, I got some work done. So I just wanted to, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about. Um, what exactly I'm looking at when I go to that website at this point because A there's things that I just am totally in love with which is that you get these like monstrous misshapen quarterback the weird drawings homunculus <laughs> avatars and those um like one leg being really a lot longer than the other corresponds to how tightly their little circle pattern is, how kind of broad they are is how big, you know, their area of effect or whatever, uh, on the field is and stuff. Are the arm things doing anything? Uh, the arms factor into turning radius two. So like appropriately mismatched long and short arms can offset the turning of lots of legs Mm -hmm. for the most part. So you can still get a fairly straight line from a very asymmetrical dude. Yeah. The arms and the legs offset each other. If the asymmetry is mirrored on the top half of the body. Or if it's the other way around, running some seriously fucking tight circles. It's, you know... And, uh, you know, I, I let I let uh, some genetic football run for a little while, and I got some pretty straight-running quarterbacks, but really slow. And I thought that was interesting because we talked about... We kind of tried to speculate where an optimized quarterback in that game system would be. Yeah. And one thing he threw out is a... Just, I think, a random thought, like not even really a proposition of uh, what you thought would be the outcome. But like, here's one idea is maybe a slower guy works because everyone kind of clears the field. But by the time they cross the line of scrimmage and stuff. And that seems to turns out that can happen. Yeah, Yeah. that happens a lot with my guys. Um, I really like tweaking. I really like ramping up the rate of. not the randomness of the mutations, but really aggressively culling bad ones for a yeah. while. And I think that maybe an optimized system or an optimized approach for getting the best players would mean culling a lot at first and then slowly yeah. culling less and less. Yeah, well, yeah, I think one thing that could work, and and it doesn't support at this point, but to have different coaches for different teams make decisions independent of each other. Because right now you just set what everybody in the league is doing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you've got a winning team, you probably want to slow down the rate of mutation or replacement because you've got a winning team. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got a losing team, maybe you want to do that more aggressively. And that's something I could work in where like you're more inclined to fire people if your team's already shitty. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're like the top team in the league, you mm-hmm. probably pretty much want to say, hey, you know, everything's great. 
Let's just <laughs> let's keep these exact players until something changes. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, you limit how many concurrent successful strains you might be having. Yeah. Really, that approach coalesces you into one, you know, path to success. Yeah. And there may be others that are very different that you're kind of cutting off by by immediately narrowing the rate of mutation. Yeah, you once know you have you one have actual, successful rate. Yeah, you don't know if you have the best possible organism. You know, you just have one that works okay right. at the moment. So. Um, the other thing is that you uh, have I- implemented uh, team colors, uh, team mascots, yeah, well, or team names. Yeah, yeah but... Uh... The robins, <laughs> the doves, the penguins. Um, I actually just made a change yesterday that I felt very proud about, um, where uh, you can set the team size as low as one player per team. Hmm. And it occurred to me that if there's one player in your team, you really shouldn't have a plural team name. So if you set it to one player now, uh, <laughs> instead of plural names, it'll be singular names. So it'll be like the dove versus the penguin okay. instead of doves versus penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was actually immensely proud of that and just waiting for anybody anywhere to care, and nobody does. Um, <laughs> that could be the crapshoot's uh, unofficial motto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can switch topics. I mean, unless you have more on that, we can no, switch no, topics I, I, and still have more than half of our ten minutes. Yeah, no, on no. This. I, 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 I'm happy with how it's come along so far. I've got a bunch more work I want to do, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll be talking about it in a future episode in more detail on stuff that's happened since. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, sure. go to joshmillard.com/slash/football and play some football. Watch some circles uh, blunder through some football. Yes. I feel weird about always being the one pulling that out. Oh, I can pull. No, no, no. I, I, okay. I already grabbed it, but okay. micro-celebrity. Yeah. That's a good short topic. Micro-celebrity. Yeah. Boy, it's that's three of mine in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Did you put any in there? I did. Okay. Yeah, I think mine were shorter, so maybe yours are just, like, standing out. I mean, I, I tried to yeah. turn the hat, you yeah. know, sh- turn the... Here's the, the, the hat has turned, as they <laughs> so, say. Micro- the sorting okay, hat. So why did you write the word micro-celebrity? What a nonsense word. No one does it. <laughs> it's because... This is something that I, I kind of had more to talk about in this topic last time, but I sort of just didn't really get into it. But I think there's a new phenomenon in the world where people can find of find personalities and communities and things through the internet that they wouldn't have found on the scale that they find them. You know, I, I think that... Um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like you were kind of, you were into the music of the time or you were into kind of this slightly smaller subcategory of the popular music of the time or you were into another era's music or whatever. Yeah. But now I think that you can really like, I mean, Brad Sucks is a really good example. I think he has a really like um, diehard following uh, within kind of uh, at a scale that wouldn't have worked in yeah. another era. And it's interesting to me because I know several people who have, for example, a Wikipedia page. Like, I think you include it. I do. Yeah. Uh, and and so this is like a new... Uh, I don't... Rank is the wrong word, but this is a new... This is a know, new... The, the phrase it makes me think of is internet famous. Right. You know, it's like to be internet famous is notable specifically because it denotes a kind of limited like self-aware right uh sort of micro celebrity a sort of very a very niche fame of the sort that used to only exist maybe like in the local music scene in a town but now you can exist in the local music scene of some 
we fraction the internet. Right. And that's the interesting thing is that it's not like, oh, well, the only 20 people who've ever heard of me are the people who go to this club. It's the only 20 people who've heard of me are the people who, uh, you know, read this tiny subreddit or this mailing list or had this one conversation one time and then we kept emailing each other, <laughs> you know. And, and yeah, no, I, th- I think there there is something interesting about that sort of, you know, very Andy Warhol democratization of the the machine of fame. Right. Where now, yeah, you can have your 15 minutes, but you can prorate them over a much longer and shallower span. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it maybe everybody still gets their moment um, where all of a sudden the whole world cares about them for a half a second and then, you know, moves on to the next thing. But you you don't go back to total you know, nobody status or whatever. It's, yeah. My words are filling me a little bit here, but um, if you did that thing that people remember, some people are always going to remember that thing. I mean, you may not be able to bank off it. It may never make you any money, but you'll still be that guy who did that sock puppet thing about, you know, dire straits. Right. But I mean, in your case, it's, you're someone who's done many, many things and maybe people know you from the ballad of Steven Slater or, you know, any of a couple places where you've kind of, cracked the sky a little I don't know what the right phrase for this is where you've kind of like cracked the sky sounds like a title of a bad 80s album it's it actually is the title of a Mastodon album that came out a oh. few years ago <laughs> well see, see I'm thinking more like I'm thinking like some some piece of shit from Brian Adams right um I don't know I mean like I they're That's right Brian Adams is sh- <laughs> There's a bunch of questions I have about this, and I can't. I, it's hard for me to enunciate them. Do you want to like go and edit your Wikipedia page every day? I feel like if I had one, I would want to fix things I, on it every I, I single day. I try not to think about the life. fact that I have it because I feel okay. like I have it as sort of like a nice present from some friends, rather than because the internet <laughs> actually legitimately decided that I was, you know, worthy of a Wikipedia page. Right. So. I have. I, I. I'm delighted it's there. My parents are delighted it's there. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I actually, I don't even know how to feel about having a Wikipedia. Like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like I should, by the time I'm dead, have a Wikipedia page hmm. just on the strength of doing enough fun little things that are interesting. But, but I don't know. It's yeah. I've, I, it turns out I think very little about it because I have very <laughs> weird feelings about it that I haven't processed. I also think that you, it's more likely now than ever before that people will love your work I mean not you in particular no one loves your work no I think it's I think it's likelier than ever that people will love my work but the people will love someone else's work and um, and really like hang on their every word or you know whatever I don't I don't know be, be really into somebody but I have no idea what they look like yeah right yeah. That, I mean that wouldn't and never contact I, them you know that's yeah. a weird thing like I know that there are people who like some of the things I've made because everyone's want to hear from them but it's kind of weird to me to know just based on my own tendency not to reach out to random people on the internet a lot of people who like a thing aren't going to say anything about yeah. it other than, oh, hey, look at this thing I like to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, that they like their roommate or their spouse, right. you know, and that's a weird thing. Like to, to me, as someone who like really likes uh, validation for the creative stuff I do, it's weird to me that other people and it's weird to me that I don't just shout that validation constantly because like that seems like the most obvious thing in the world when I'm thinking about how I appreciate that mm-hmm. and yet you know even as someone who feels that way I don't think to do it either and it's, it's a yeah so the fact that these people can be total strangers who you have no idea what they look like may not even know what their name is maybe you just know their Twitter handle or mm-hmm. the fact that their web page exists you know that is a that is a strange thing compared to more traditional modes of celebrity where you know the the concept of a household name you know yeah i think that yeah 
Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it used to be a really hard divide between someone who, like, if someone comes up to you and goes like, oh, I, I love your stuff, you either, like, totally expect that or you figure they've mistaken you for someone else. Yeah. But nowadays, there's a lot of middle ground on that sort of yeah. thing. And, um, and that, that introduces a new type of approach to that. I mean, like, if you go to XOXO, for example, and someone comes up to you and says, like, oh, hey, hey, it's Josh, you So we got cut off again. And I'm going to give really... myself a 10 second grace period okay, on okay. this one. I am going to cheat. I told you right before we started recording that I wasn't going to cheat. And now I am. Put a button on it. It's <laughs> it's the, I think that you go into a conversation about someone who recognizes you uh, not expecting yourself to be treated as a celebrity and not thinking of yourself as a celebrity. But in the old days, there would be either someone who was a celebrity and kind of expected that. And people who just have no reason to expect that. And you have to occupy a middle ground where you're dealing with someone who you figure does know about you, but you know nothing about them. Yeah. And you don't expect to be forced into a situation talking to someone who feels like they know you, but you don't know them. That was the whole thing about micro celebrity that I wanted to get to. And then I'm now shoehorning in. 40 seconds that over? 30. That, was a, that, that, that was a 30 second long 10 seconds, which I think is not bad for us. I think it's, okay. it's indicative of our tendency to elaborate and take a loquacious approach to subjects that the 10 minute-ish thing that we're dealing with here feels so confining. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really interesting. And, and it's kind of energizing, honestly, to sort of butt up against that. Yeah. Even if also potentially super annoying for anybody <laughs> who is as interested in what we're talking about as we are when we then cut ourselves off because the iPad stops. Um, and I think I, this is an interesting process to play with. And I, I want to keep playing with this because I think it's kind of cool. I think there's something about the nature uh, of... Topic selection here, because I was saying, uh, I think after it stopped recording, that I felt like micro celebrity, even when I pulled it out, I sort of like, oh, but this could be a real, this could be a, a, a real 10 minuter mm -hmm. is what this could be. So picking this up five minutes through. That's I right. Like, That's I right. I feel like if we decide we want to bail and we pull another thing. We should reset the clock. No, 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 no. I think, well, okay, there's a couple ways we can go. We could say, okay, let's stop and we'll reset the clock. Okay. Or pull it out, look at it, and if, oh shit, no, this is going to need a full 10 minutes. Table just it. Just say, fuck it, we're going to stick with that last one. We're going to fucking make. Uh, okay. Speaking of, speaking of topics, should we pull one? Let's do it. Okay, you're going to pull this one. Because you're right You're right that this is energizing because I feel like I'm on a... Um, there's a countdown timer in it. Uh, it's interesting to me because I, I don't know how much time it's been. I just have a vague sense. You can see the clock. Well... You don't know for sure when it's going to cut off. I don't. But I get nothing from you when I glance at you in mm -hmm. a opaque but <laughs> clearly meaningful way where I'm psychically wondering how much time there is. I actually tried to grab one of yours this time, and I grabbed another one of mine. I took all We're going to have to make two shows. We're going to have to make two shows. See, where we the do problem is yours, yours are like twice as long. Like, I, my, the slits of paper I used were but yours, I thought were like cut thicker than the other. I cut them way down to make oh, them the same okay. height. I really tried to grab Nothing one that didn't makes feel good like they're like right. discussing the dimensions of slips <laughs> of paper that the viewer can't uh, see. The viewer, listener. Yeah. You're so here, 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 here's my topic. Monkey pop. Monkey pop. So let me Monkey tell you. Monkey pop a squat? No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> um, 
when I use silence for comedic effect, it's extra valuable now because I know I'm on a ticking clock. Yeah, there's a sense of like really spending some currency there. Yeah. Um, I actually, this might be a uh, physical challenge in Double Dare terms. Oh shit! Um, you, you know, can't you do remember that on television. you remember Double Dare from Nickelodeon of our youth. Um, that also had red and blue teams, just like the prototype of football, and just like Monkey Pop. Monkey Pop is a game that a uh, friend of the show, Aaron Haas, and I, and our mutual friend, Flash, worked on together for Ludum Dare. Okay. Some people say Ludum Dare. Uh, Ludum Dare. Ludum Dare. So you know it's what this obviously is. obviously a fucking dare. <laughs> right. So this is a 48 to 72, I think, hour game jam, where yeah. you, from scratch, create a video game basically over a weekend. And well, based it, on some theme that varies from dare to dare. Right, right. Announced at the last second, and you're not meant to, you know, start work on it until then. And this this most recent Ludum Dare was last weekend. Um, Aaron and I and uh, intermittently our friend Flash uh, worked to put together a game. And, and in, in two and a half days, we actually got something put together. And it was called Monkey Pop, and it was really, really fun to do. And I have it on the computer. We It's a two-player competitive game. Are we going to play some Monkey Pop? And I wanted to play it with you. Is this something we should play while recording? Or yes. Take a, okay. No, let's. I'm going to bring the whole thing right over All right. without trying not to unplug So, so <laughs> are we recording? <laughs> We're recording. Okay. Um, your controls are O, K, and semicolon. Okay. That's jump left and right. Okay, semicolon is my favorite uh, radio head. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a pickup, which is this little remote control. And when you do that, if you shift your fingers straight down one, so L, comma, slash, you can control me. Oh, comma. So those three. Okay, that's a, so you can just go like that's, that. It's a little bit rough there. It is, and you know we're 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 still working on the controls okay, okay. on this a little bit. But this was the state it was in when we submitted sure, it to sure, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's the game. You see? So you're 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 two monkeys running around, and basically you don't want to hit the giant bandsaws. Okay. But you see that remote? Now, it, oh. You can ah, switch to it. control. That's okay. Fuck it takes a minute to get the hang of. But, oh, I'm uh, instantly the best at everything. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is pretty great. Yeah, I've rendered you a couple times now. Yeah, there's no there's no scorekeeping yet, yeah. unfortunately. So Which is a shame, because I'm totally you kicking your ass. You end up with heaps of monkey guts forever. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, this is, this, is, this is delightful, and I look forward to seeing it further develop. So, um, that was the first completed game I, I have really worked on. I mean, That's really exciting. That's great. That's, it's, it's nicely scoped. You've got a simple mechanic. You've got a, an easily communicated idea. You've got things to shout angrily and happily about <laughs> when they happen. That's no, that's really exciting. You guys did a great job with that. I look to, I, I, I want to see that. Built it's up. all to Aaron's credit. You know, Aaron did all the programming, and he did, literally did all the work, except for like some of the animations and some of the suggestions about gameplay design. And uh, the actual premise, where there's an item that lets you control the other guy, was Flash. Um, and so we submitted it, and we're getting really, really good feedback on the Ludum Dare. You get 30 days to play each other's games and leave, leave yeah. feedback on it. And um, we're just getting really, really good feedback on the mechanics especially but also people love the monkey gore <laughs> it's, it's great that's some classic <laughs> fucking gibbs right there yeah um but uh 
Um, that being said, it's it's interesting. I, I think Ludum Dare is a whole new idea to me. The idea of a game jam, it's pretty. Yeah. I don't know. Have you done a game jam? I never have. And you know that, like, honestly, this this football thing the last couple of weeks is the closest thing I've done to really sort of like embracing it and trying to get a fairly well-scoped goal done in a short amount of time. And the thing is, I love the idea of game jams, and I'd like to do one, and I really just should do one sometime. But I always... I, I, I program stuff infrequently enough historically that I, I lose my skill set between every like once a year I'm like oh I should make a thing and then I have to sort of start from scratch a little bit and I never stay up to speed enough that I could reliably in 72 hours mm-hmm. get a lot done because I waste the first 72 hours of that remembering how to get basic shit done so I feel like if I did a game jam like right now mm-hmm. like in the next week I feel like I could actually get something done because like I kind of know what I'm doing with JavaScript and Canvas enough that I wouldn't waste a lot of time figuring out how to set stuff up I would just be able to get down to starting work right you know and that's that that I feel like is the the important thing is like being able to actually pull that off so uh, so yeah, no, I haven't. And, and seriously, I, I I am delighted by that monkey pop shit. Right <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely delighted. It's it it really came together. I thought. Yeah. The hat is back. Which whose turn is it to draw? Mine. But, okay. You know, we're still just pulling yours. I know. I we're just know pull, we're just yanking mine. Okay. Over we're and over yanking again. Jesse's. Yeah. This looks like one of yours. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, the topic is fucking IPAs, man. <laughs> I, I brought some beer over, yeah, uh, and uh, and 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 this is an Inkasi uh, Lux, a German style Helles, which is a relatively light uh, German style uh, of beer, and it's a nice summer beer. It'll be a, a good one for the beer. Ninkasi makes a hoppy line of beers, and I I think I'm well on record as not being so into the hoppiness of uh, Pacific Northwest beers, hmm. uh, but I've been making an effort. The last, I don't know, year to try and get a little bit on board more with it because IPAs are fucking everywhere. And maybe if I just like acclimate myself a little bit, I'll be more because I've been, I've been trying to get on board with like spicy food mm. uh, in the last few years, too. And I've made a little bit of progress there. So I figured why not try and do the same thing with hoppy beers and get more on board with IPAs. And once I realized that IPAs tend to be uh, more alcoholic, the like will always be a college student part of my brain. It's like, well, maybe we should, maybe we should give these IPAs a shot. You know, it's like, yeah, 7%. Yeah, no, I mean, there's probably something there. Um, whereas the, the more rational lover of multi Bavarian beers in me says, if I want to drink a strong beer, I'll just drink a fucking Doppelbach and then it'll be 8% and it won't taste like soap. Mm. So, uh, so it's, it's definitely a mixed, uh, reception this whole trying out IPA things and and this thing that I brought is not even an IPA I looked at a couple IPAs and thought about bringing one on the premise that I should show up with a beer I don't even like but I brought it on purpose <laughs> um, but then I decided to wimp out and sort of go for this thing that's a little bit hoppy because Ninkasi stuff is all kind of hoppy uh, but wasn't a full-on IPA. But anyway, fucking IPAs, man. There's something about Portland and I guess the Pacific Northwest in general that's like Maybe it's always been this way. Maybe it's the last few years thing. But fucking shit, there's a lot of IPAs. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's like it's a it's a joke about how tired the joke is at this point. Yeah. That like, sure, you go to a bar and they're gonna have nine APAs and PBR or nine IPAs in Olympia or nine IPAs in Guinness or you know who knows. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's a fucking thing, and and I never ever had a taste for them. I disliked the first one I tried. I figured it was one of those things that I could uh, acclimate myself to, or find the one that was for me. You know, if a lot of people like IPAs, it would I I would rather find the one I like and just kind of like get it, you know, yeah. than be like a standoffish like oh well everyone's so into those I, I you know my taste is more discerning than everybody else's right yeah. that's really not the person I am but um I can't fucking find one I like and I've tried a fucking lot um yeah it's in I don't know I don't know if it's the hoppiness specifically I feel like there are hoppy beers that I've liked but yeah what the fuck is it? Where yeah, does it come know. from? Yeah, Why I, is it a thing? It, Why is it regional? Yeah, and it really does seem to be a distinctive Pacific North. Like, like using hops is not something that they only do here, but mm. it definitely the concentration seems to be a very uh, Pacific Northwest sort of thing. And and, and I don't know. I, I don't fucking get it. And it's not hops themselves because hops are nice. You know, it's like hops smell good. They're an interesting you know, sort of floral thing, but it's like, yeah. I don't want to fill my mouth with a wet version of that is basically <laughs> what it comes down to. Hops are rad. I mean, there was a, the, the brewery I went to when I was a kid, <laughs> um, outside of Ukiah, California in Hopland of all places, <laughs> you know, so named because it was, uh, hop farms. Um, the Mendocino Brewing Company who, um, are still around. There are a lot of, a lot of hop heads in Ukiah. Would you say? A lot of hop heads? I don't get it. Do you really not get it? I really don't. Okay. No, it's a uh, pot, pot heads, oh, okay. hop heads, uh, I think. I think it's pot. If hop head refers to like, you know, maybe that refers to like opium. Maybe I'm I'm squaring myself in the process of trying to talk mm, old school drug slang. But right. uh, anyway, some drug thing, there's probably some reefer madness involved somewhere along the line. Please continue. Okay. What was they saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, so they had, you know, hops growing all in the entire outside area of this place. And, like, you know, rich, fragrant, awesome, amazing hops. And they are an awesome plant. You know, it's an awesome thing. And, the, like, the, the fragrance is awesome. Going up in the, the way that they grow in kind of like a rattlesnake tail kind of like. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a hop plant. I've seen individual hops. I mean, is a little kid uh, just playing with hop plants with your fingers is kind of, I mean, they're they're in in the kind of oily in a cool way. I don't know. It's a cool, it's a cool plant and it's, it's cool that it has found its way into, I don't know. It's the kind of plant that I think would die out if it wasn't part of like one of the most popular (laughs) products in the world, right? Um, Being beer, but um yeah, I don't know. I forget where I was going with that. And so I want to cut it off. All right. Done. Time. Cut it. Cut it. Um, is, Yo, that, is, that, is that what you want? Cut it. Yeah, I didn't have Did to cut it for that. IPAs. I, just, I literally, the, the phrase fucking IPAs occurred to me. Writing <laughs> stuff down. What, what percentage for, of the people that you go out for beers with are kind of like fans of IPAs? None. Right? Like basically, yeah. I, I, like not to say no one I know likes an IPA. I have friends who like don't have an issue with them. Right. But like. Almost always, if I hear a perfect success about IPAs, it's a negative one. It's like, ah, fucking. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a, a, a few people who I know um, who are, you know, into IPAs. It's, not, it's, it not, the, it's not the only beer they like, but it's less than 40%. It's, maybe maybe only people who dislike IPAs are the kinds of assholes who complain about the beer they don't like. Maybe, maybe. that's the issue. Maybe IPA fans are very well-behaved, thoughtful motherfuckers, and we're just a bunch of, like, complaining shitheels who are, feel entitled to some magical beer 
that's not like the local economy boosting craft beer. It's totally possible, but I have my ears open. You know, when we go to a Metafilter meetup or I just am at the bar, yeah. I have my ears open to what people order, especially people I'm with. And because I'm curious, right? If yeah. someone tries something and I'm like, oh, do you like that? I've yeah. never tried it. It feels certainly like feels like so complaints about to listen. IPAs are much easier to come by than apologias for them. It, it, no one even orders them. No yeah. one I'm ever around. Yeah. So who's fucking keeping these places in business? I don't know. I don't understand it. Fucking IPAs. Fucking IPAs. Done. <laughs> Whose turn is it to draw? I don't know. Mine came... Uh, you know, it's yours. It's yours. Are, are, you, are you recording? Talking about Hiller's autobiography? Yeah. Okay. Are um, we recording? Yeah. Okay. That's, I thought you said Mein Kampf. <laughs> this is one of yours. Yeah, naturally. Because yes. apparently they all are. Yes. Uh, network. What? Resonator.network is a URL that you can type into an address bar okay. of your web browser. I am not okay... With the, the expansion of, of TLDs. Yeah. I, I prefer the days when TLDs were mostly uh, still plausibly acronymizable as three-letter domains. <laughs> uh, I guess a lot of them were two, but that worked too, because TLD. But yeah, this whole new thing, like, you know, horse.butts is presumably an okay domain now. It's like... <laughs> you know, of all, you know, of all the examples, I would have thought that would be the one that would get you on board. Well, I, 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 I like the idea of a dot bus domain, but only as a high point in... Here's my thing. Here's yeah. my thing. I don't even have a problem with the fact that domain uh, TLDs are getting weirder. Mm-hmm. Like, top-level domains getting more varied and whatever. It's fine. Like, I, I've, I've actually long since made my peace with the idea that nobody cares what your, your URL is. Like the only people who care what your URL, what your URL is, mm-hmm. are branding experts who want you to pay them to come up with your URL for you. Because honestly, if you make something interesting on the internet, people are going to find it by googling keywords for it, and they'll get to it even if you have the worst fucking URL in the universe. You can have like a two hundred letter long thing that's got some fucking Cyrillic in there. People are going to find it if they Google horse butt funny puppet, and you did a funny thing about horse butts with puppets. And anybody linked to it ever, they're going to find it. So it's not an issue. Thank you to all our new listeners who found this episode by Googling horse butt funny puppet. <laughs> That's our title. We'll put that if in the tags that, for this can, post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but but, but the, well, the thing is, I, I feel I agree and disagree. I think that I think that you're right that once something is achieved critical mass, it does not fucking matter where on the Internet it is. It's found. It's, you know, it, it's blown wide open. It's reposted every which place. But I think that there is something to be said for having less friction on the way to something being discovered. And part of that is, I think, finding URLs that uh, are not homonyms for other things or similar sounding to other things, and people are going to try once and then give up because they don't well, think I, quite I will the say for sure, no one, like, uh, uh, what should not be a new TLD is .com where it's spelled K-H-O-M. Or, like, that would be or dot C-A-L-M. That would be good. Yes, yeah. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Yes, dot com. Yeah, it's like, no, go to, go to, go to bluesky.com. Yeah. No, no, dot com. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> Try to open and yes. just be, be willing to be dot com. No, no, it's dot org. I have a cold. Dot org. <laughs> go, go to... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I have a lot of attachment to the original TLDs, but I also have a lot of attachment to Pluto being planet, but... yeah. 
It's smaller than it's other things. It's a fucking things. planet. It's smaller than other things that we don't call planets. So what the fuck about them, right? They've been fuck fucked them. over this fuck whole them. time. It's Pluto, man. It's, oh, Jesus. That, 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 write down Pluto on a strip of paper. We'll come back to that. So, sure, yeah. I mean, the new TLDs are weird. I have lots of mixed feelings about them. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now about Dot Sucks. Yeah, yeah. What do you do when someone registers Josh Millard Dot Sucks and you're Josh Millard? Right, you outbid them for it. I guess. Right, and of course, but naturally, dot sucks honestly, is the one that costs thousands of dollars. Honestly, a year. I, I believe I believe it's a a non problem. Yeah. Because you know what? If someone starts a random shitty, not interesting site designed to make fun of you, no one's going to link to it, and it's never going to get any fucking juice, and no one's going to care. Whereas if someone makes an awesome site making fun of you, it doesn't matter if it's on the dot sucks domain. They could make like, you know, puppies are great.com and it could be all about how they think you're a piece of shit. And if they're a funny writer and people think it's hilarious, I'm sorry, you're right. gonna be a piece of shit as far as Google Results Results. Google right. Results. So here here write down results on a piece of paper. <laughs> drop it in the hat. It's a drop in the hat, so to speak. Um well, before we run out of time on this topic, I want to tell you about Resonator.network. Yes, do. Because um, it's a domain I bought. <laughs> and uh, at the moment, it only redirects to ResonatorNetwork.com. But uh, that is the new home of the podcast network. Oh, shit. I think that I'm, I'm, I'm going... I, 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 even after having bought the domain, I still wasn't entirely sure that this was what I was going with. But at this point, I might as well be ready to announce. It's I'm going to call the network Resonator and uh, ResonatorNetwork.com or Resonator.network. I didn't know .network was even a TLD that was available, <laughs> so I was fucking around with it. Um, and I'm like, hey, .network kind of works because the ones I was actually looking for were like $70 a year or something that I can't forward because I'm broke, um, you know, until I get to my first round VC, you know, uh, that's, I don't even know if that joke worked. I don't sure, know. Yeah, I know so I fucking yeah. little about this shit. Um, I just like VC so much that right. I just like refuse to like provide positive <laughs> reinforcement to any mention I, of it. I can scrape together $10 a year for a domain. <laughs> that's, that's the short version of this. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, if you go to resonator.network right now or resonatornetwork.com, you'll find a landing page, temporary, while I uh, gather together and hope to make a launch of a nice. network of podcasts. That is so, super exciting. Uh, Resonator. I hope you like the name. I don't know. What no, do you no, think? I think it's a great name. Yeah. it's. I, I, I got really, really down the rabbit hole of finding acoustic terms. Like, yeah. uh, Voce de Strega. I'm sure I'm saying this wrong. So it's some uh, aspect of the, the your human voice and stuff. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. I had a bu- I had a bunch of names. Yeah. Not on the top I like resonator, but resonators one because like you know the body of an acoustic guitar is a resonator and yeah, then it kind of yeah. reflects sound. And there's like, even resonator guitars like steel steel resonator yeah. a specific type and resonation right. within a room is certainly a thing. Resonation within the the you know lung cavity and the diaphragm of the human mm-hmm. body is a big part of vocal mm-hmm. timbre and projection. So you know, no, I think that's a that's a nice choice. And it, it has a second meaning, which has to do with the emotional resonance, right? right like right. if something resonates with you, right. that has a that separate thing. And I it, it seemed to tick those two boxes. I, I didn't hate it after a week of mulling it over in my head, and I said, you know, it's time to fucking pull the trigger on a name, and here we go. Nice. 
I didn't what? use Sleazy Wizard, but me and Aaron's pretty great. Me and Aaron's video game company, starting with yes. Monkey Pop, really, is called Sleazy I want Wizard. I Monkey Pop to be successful <laughs> so that Sleazy Wizard can get some fucking cultural traction. I'm excited about that. I already have a logo for the Sleazy Wizard I, I game. I, I want to talk about Monkey Pop with you guys right now. I'm, I'm excited about that. Do we do we have another minute on this segment before it cuts itself? I off? honestly can't tell. It's still recording now, but okay, we well, don't I, know. I just want to come back. The clock is ticking. The reason that I am angry. The thing that makes me angry, I think, primarily about the new TLDs, the new domain suffixes, is that it's going to break a bunch of legitimate, obvious resentment I've had and mockery towards people who didn't understand the fucking Internet in the 90s and the 2000s, who would say they'd make dumb fucking stand up jokes about like, uh, you know, www.myshit.toilet. And, like, they didn't know that they were saying something that wasn't going to fucking work. Like, or they didn't care. And it's like, fuck you. I'm a goddamn internet nerd. And that is not a properly formed domain That name. domain would and not that, resolve. Yeah, in, like, 20 fucking years, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that was really prescient. Yeah, was, he, he, he predicted my butt.toilet before, uh, before it was, you know, registered in 2023. You know, I, I had that thought, and then I got over it. And then I found out that there was dot website, and I had that thought again. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get over it the second time. <laughs> Shit. I did not know about dot. I'm going to die now. I'm, this is my last podcast. I am dying as we speak. Goodbye, world. I'm sorry about this. It's all very abrupt, but I love you. I, I'm, I'm, I don't throw anything. I just hit record and then I hit stop yeah. and then I is upload that, is it. That, is that your philosophy? That's on, my mo. Yeah, is that your my, whole thing? My modus operandi. A, non, a non-editing, like let's really embrace the. Yeah, this I is just really, I feel live like, streaming the world. I right find now. that I find that really you know empowering. I think I might take that approach for my own work in the future. Yeah, it's, you, might, you might find it liberating. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to read a, a thing I wrote today. Okay. So Josh is cheating right now. Yes, just to yes. just to be totally upfront yes. about I this. Feel like we, I, we feel, have I feel like we have plenty of wonderful topics. We got to save some for future episodes. Though. I feel like oh, I think, we can write I new ones like, for future episodes. I feel like we've gotten a little bit long. You know, not not by our maximum standards, but by like you know, like let's you know try and not talk for two hours, sort of thing. Like with this whole segment thing, keeping it short seems like a goodish thing. And so we're probably about an hour before we do a, a bit at the beginning and the interstitials. And so so I was I, I I wrote a thing today, and I don't even know exactly why I wrote it. It's just like a tiny little like six hundred word short story, but it ended up in a thread on Milkshake. Uh, milkshake.com M-L-K-S-H-K a mm-hmm. image sharing community run by a, a guy named Andre Torres um, right you have no you have no problem with um, M-L-K-S-H-K as a domain name but if it was dot limo well, well it's not a TLD it's a milkshake.com <laughs> is what I'm saying if it was com dot milkshake I'd take fucking exception <laughs> if it was dot coffee um, yes <laughs> Anyway, I wrote this thing. I was just making a joke in a random comment about nothing related to this. And I was like, oh, well, you know, we should do this feature request for the site and also, you know, do this. And also, I'd like a pony. And then someone's like, well, what's the pony for? And I was like, oh. Uh, and and I was like, no, no, I meant the pony. And, and my response was, oh, the pony would basically chill out and help me debug code and also back me up when I make feature requests on the Internet. And I thought that was my entire comment. I was just making, like, a dumb joke following up on my pony ref- reference. And then I... I uh, a second later, I typed, you know, about the pony. His name would be Tony. 
And then I just kept writing and, and I wrote and people would be like, oh, ha, like Tony the Pony. That's and then he'd give them a look like he could already see the hoof print on their face and be like, don't call me that. And I'd have to talk him down and he'd cool it, but he'd be real quiet, like too quiet. Like, you know, he was making an effort to control his anger, but the result wasn't a whole lot less worrisome. And he'd work on it and he'd try and work through it and there'd be progress, a sort of slow three steps forward and two steps back stumble that comes with heavy emotional baggage, with having been hurt before and wanting to trust again, but not really knowing how. And sometimes he'd see a couple on the street just walking together hand in hand and smiling and he'd catch his mouth twitching a little and his eyes starting to gleam and then he'd blink hard and his mouth would tighten up and then he's put his hoof through a storefront window and it's off the hospital again he'd never want to talk about it except every once in a while over drinks something would you know slip out eventually he started seeing a therapist and it helped some he he seemed to have a better sense at least of the strange swerves and troughs of his emotional landscape He'd cut himself off in the middle of getting worked up and just go for a walk, eat some grass, sort of putter around a meadow for a while. The only person allowed to call him Tony the Pony is his mom's, and that's because she's his mom's and she's been on the downslide from dementia for the last few years, so it's not like she'd know if he told her not to, you know, but he wouldn't. Eventually, uh, we'd drift apart after an argument about Java's garbage collection routines that wasn't really about that at all. Um, I'd miss him. But I know he just needed to go figure out uh, how to be who he wanted to be, that I wasn't the protagonist in Tony's story. And if I had to lose a friend for him to be happy or whatever he'd found that was more like happiness than the conflicted hell he'd been in, that was a fair trade, at least as far as, you know, at least as fair as anything could be. I'd see him a few years later at his mom's funeral. Uh, Weird play for a reunion, but funerals are like that. You feel guilty for looking forward to seeing someone given the circumstances. He'd be doing well, all things considered, you know, on edge a little because, you know, he loved his moms. But at the same time, she'd been gone for a long time before she went. And everybody understood that partly it was just a relief for him, even if nobody wanted to say it out loud. Him dressed up in a black suit, his mane brushed out nice. You forgot how someone can clean up when they're not really the clean up type usually. We'd say hi and sort of pause and then go for the hug and... It feels good, you know, all in a moment that things are different, but they're okay. You know, we're okay. And then Richie Deacom comes up, and that guy was always an asshole, but it's a funeral, and he's doing the closest thing he can to a decent, respectful smile. And he opens up up his arms uh, for his own hug, and he says, and, and you understand as he says it that he's been drinking today too much. He says, Tony, Tony the Pony. And Tony just looks at him, and his mouth tightens up. And then he takes a breath and he smiles and he says, hey, Richie, thanks for coming out, man. Finn. So that's my completely out of nowhere dark contemplation of the emotional uh, landscape of a fictional pony named Tony uh, on a message board thread about an image talking about Star Wars. Uh, Pony who helps you with your coding. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. He used to be my, my coding partner before we had that falling out over garbage collection. Right, yes. right. So no, I have I, no I idea remember. where the fuck that <laughs> came from. But uh, that was like the most, uh, uh, I don't know, creatively engaging and rewarding part of like, you know, uh, my my daylight day today was was that weird random 
thing. And also, I feel it's really weird reading that out loud. Like, I, I wanted to do it just because, like, I haven't done anything like that in a while. And I've never really felt totally comfortable with, like, you know, reciting stuff. I've never really felt comfortable with, like, reciting poetry or sort of oral performance of, of prose. And and it turns out that I still don't really feel totally comfortable with it. But it's interesting to, you know, just even give a little snippet of a shot like that. But, yeah, that's 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 the Tony the Pony situation. <laughs> Yeah, it, and, well, uh, <laughs> it's hard to know quite what to say about it. I um, I feel like it works better on paper for one thing. Well, like I feel like it, it could be nudged to work better out loud, but it was interesting. Every little beat about it that I feel like really works well on paper that once you put it out loud, it starts to feel artificial the way the delivery of the disjoint sort of agrammatical chunking together of thoughts works well on paper. It's language is weird that way. And it's kind of cycles back to something we were talking about at the very beginning Um, that you can write something with knowing that it will be consumed, you know, by visually by someone reading it. And you can write, write something with the intention of performing it. Uh, you know, the, the one being like a comment on the internet or a heartfelt, you know, anecdote or whatever that is meant to be written or, you know, a book or, you know, a short story or anything you write versus something that, you know, you and I have both, like we were talking about in the last episode, performed wedding ceremonies. And you write that with a really different voice in yeah, your head, yeah. reading it to you as you write it. Um, and it's really weird how much of a disparity there is between the two. Yeah. I, I think that I have tried to read things that were, that when I read them, uh, had been meaningful to me. And I heard in a specific voice and tenor and cadence when I read them, uh, I hear in my head how, how, it, I, how it sounds to me. And I've tried to reproduce that by reading it. And, you know, experimentally, I've tried reading it into a microphone and playing it back. Um, and it just sounds awful. It just sounds super disingenuous and contrived and, and clumsy and, yeah. and frustrating. Fucking frustrating. Um, and that was really interesting and unexpected for me. And I, so I, I went back to things I had written and tried reading them in the way that the voice that I had thought I was writing them in and then listened to myself reading them back. And same thing. It felt really, really disingenuous and clumsy and forced and upsetting again. And I, I, maybe there's a way out of this mindset, but I really start to become stuck on the idea that, um, if I write something or understand something in one way, the way I read it visually and hear it in my mind, it just is not going to translate for me. And that's not to say other people can't do a wonderful job of translating things. You know, there's audiobooks read by masterful audiobook readers and actors and things that uh, that transcend the material and and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't know that I have that. I don't know that I can do it. And I don't know that I can bridge the gap. I mean, I can deliver a performative act that was written to to be performed, but I can't translate something that wasn't written to be performed into something that's worth hearing performed. Does that make sense? Yes. No, no, I, I, it's interesting. I feel like there's like two or three distinct skill sets all sort of converging there. Yeah. And it doesn't become clear until you really think about it how much they are distinct things. And it's, it's a difficult thing. Like, I feel really comfortable writing for the page as far as it goes like when i'm when i'm in a place where i'm feeling good about writing Mm -hmm. and i even i enjoy writing dialogue i think almost more than anything else i tend to 
feel comfortable writing dialogue, but I tend to feel comfortable writing written dialogue that I don't know would even translate very well to actual spoken dialogue. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just relatively good at, at, at conveying the idea of something that you imagine being spoken. Like LARP Trek is basically nothing but, you know, uh, an attempt to write occasionally stilted, very interruption heavy dialogue between characters, but I'm writing it for, you know, the page. Mm-hmm. I'm not writing it with the expectation that it would actually be recited out loud because I think that'd have a different flow to it in the imaginary situation where the entire cast of Next Generation decides to <laughs> recite dialogue that I've written. Right. You know, so, you yeah, know, it's, it's, a, it's a really complicated thing. You well, know. when I win the lottery, I'm definitely going to have the TNG cast Excellent. read Excellent. Larp Trek you should uh, do that live uh, as a performative act yeah. in your backyard on your birthday. Mm. And the metronome is back. Thanks. Just exactly what I don't need. Okay. We should definitely try and have a conversation <laughs> to a strict beat sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good experiment. I'm going to... <laughs> We, we were just going to wrap this up, but I changed my mind. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do one more? 30 seconds. Oh, Three 30 seconds each. Oh, we're going to burn through a bunch of material this way. That's okay. We can come back to uh, it next time. Are we time. each going to talk or are we going to take turns talking? Because 30 I, seconds I, is a hard I don't know. I just came up with this on the spot. Okay. So you can set up a timer? Uh, no. I was just telling Siri that I just came up with this on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> are we recording Siri, this? set a timer is, for 45 seconds. This is This is amazing. Already inflation. Hey, she, she got through that even though I wouldn't shut up. Okay. Oh, okay, boom. Okay. In Coetry. Oh, I wrote an album. Yeah. Several years ago called In Coetry that I'm still fairly happy with, although uh, there's things about it that I would change. Uh, what the fuck am I... Well, first are, of are all... Are we use it for interstitial stuff here? Or? We w- I used it for okay. um, interstitial stuff in the last one. Oh, okay. So, I I went, first of all, I wanted to make sure that was okay. Oh, that's totally fine, yeah. But also, second, I wanted to know how that fucking word was pronounced. In coetry. In coetry. In coet. I don't know what that means. Uh, in coet means uh, in the process of being formed. Oh, okay. In, nascent, incomplete. How long... This was, album was like 10 years ago, though, right? No, not that much. Really? It was like, five? It was five years ago. Okay. 2010, I think. 2010 or twenty. Yeah, I wrote the whole thing in a month and recorded it in a month, and and yeah, it was a good time. I was reasonably proud of it. Yeah, joshmillard.com slash something. Music. Yeah. yeah and then something. look for a word that looks like in coetry. My shit's all a mess. I gotta I gotta revisit my whole web presence. <laughs> Serious set of timer for 45 seconds. Okay. This time, Jesse. No, not five seconds, you stupid woman. <laughs> A little bit of time printer gets on you and suddenly this misogynist comes bursting out of you. I hope your mom uh, listens to this one and once again sides with me. My mom always seems to side with Josh. Siri, set a, a, a timer for 45 seconds, please. This is... Okay, cool, thanks. Distance from a mirror. Distance from a mirror. Yeah. Okay. If you're looking in a mirror and you want to see more of yourself, it's it's mounted at head level. Mm-hmm. How far back do you have to back up before you can see your whole body if you can only see your chest where you're currently standing? Depends on how tall the mirror is. No, it doesn't. It doesn't? Nope. Angle if, of reflection. It, mirrors mounted at your eye level. Okay. You can only see your chest where you're currently standing. Mounted at your eye level, meaning the top edge of the mirror is the at your center, eye level? The center of the mirror. Center is. of the mirror. Yes. Okay. How far back do you have to move? Before well, do, you depending on how big the mirror is, you might already see your entire. Oh but, no, uh, you see your chest. You can see your chest. You can see okay. your chest. How far do you have to back up? How if far? If you're ten feet away, say. What percentage of your body length is from your eyes to your chest? Oh, like twenty-five. Uh, yeah, twenty-five. Sure. 
Um, I don't know. Uh, you s- double your distance. No, you cannot move anywhere far enough away because you're, the, the angle of incidence and the angle of reflection conspire to make it so that you can never see more of your body than you do at the given distance you're standing at already. This was supposed to be like a 10 minute segment so we could really get into it. Oh god. But you wanted to do this fucking micro round. Okay, well so, that's, uh, that'll be when we come back to so it. Yeah, I guess okay. so. So you set a timer for 45 seconds. This is like next time on the crapshoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alabama. Oh, uh, I'm going to spend 10 weeks in Alabama. No, Ir- Siri, stop listening. I, <laughs> We're not giving you instructions anymore. <laughs> you horrible woman. <laughs> Yes, I'm, uh... Siri. Siri. Jesus, just... Siri, listen to me. (laughs) You're doing a really good job transcribing what I'm saying, but I want you to listen. (laughs) I I wish this was a video podcast, because what Siri has on the screen right now is really funny to me. Read it. Read it. I read it. It's just, it's the same thing that I just said. Oh, okay. Siri, a timer for 45 seconds would be great. Great. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to spend 10 weeks in Alabama this summer. Angela got an internship uh, with NASA. At NASA! Yeah. Fucking so, A. So we're going to go to fucking Huntsville, okay. which is northern tip of Alabama, and we're going to spend t- 10 weeks there. She's going to be working 9 to 5 at this uh, internship, studying uh, landslide stuff, basically Ugandan Rwandan landslide prediction stuff based on NASA data. Mm. And I'm going to be hanging out, uh, you know, in Huntsville in the middle of the fucking summer. So I may die, but <laughs> everybody has air conditioning in Huntsville. So uh, we, we're, we're working on lining up a temporary lease for like three months, which we don't really need all of. But, you know, what do you do? And uh, yeah, it'll be I sure don't associate NASA with Alabama in my mind. Uh, Huntsville has why. a major NASA facility, it turns out. Huh. It's a uh, uh, there's a like the there's a rocketry center. I don't know. Maybe well, Jeff fuck yeah, Angela. Yeah, so Good fucking job. Yeah, love it exactly. Okay, one more, and then we'll close up. And and yes, as a result, while you're while we're getting ready to pull this, uh, we'll have to record these over Skype. Serious? Yes, we will have to record these over Skype for a couple months. Um, Siri, no, this, none of this was for you. Siri, no, Siri. Okay. You have a really dysfunctional relationship with your phone. I have a really fucking dysfunctional relationship with Siri. Yes, I yeah. will completely cop to that. I think it's mostly Siri. I wasn't. None of that was for you this time either. Quit making excuses. Just like let's let's move forward. Siri is t- now telling me to quit making excuses because she heard you saying that. So thanks Good. for that. Good. Siri, forty-five seconds uh, on a timer would be great. Thanks. It's maddening to me that you go so circuitous. She does it. Uh, the topic is advertising. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what's back on the air? Mad Men. That's true. I, I, I'm a little bit behind Snow's finally thing for me. Mad Men is an amazing show. One of my very... That, Everybody That dies. and Louie and everything. Yeah. The the dragons hatch and yes. then everyone gets... No, in the first, in the first episode, in the second half of the season, everybody dies. Everything after that's sort of a waiting for Godot, okay. sort of contemplation on mortality. And So I'm starting a podcast network... I have mixed feelings about advertising in general. I think it's a little bit pervasive and toxic. 
But I also think that it's how you run an advertising network, or yeah. rather a podcast network. Wow, Freudian. Yes. But um, <laughs> so my, my thinking is maybe people can opt into the advertising on the network. Does that make sense? Or? I don't know if it does at all. That, okay. That, that may make the opposite of sense. I'm not sure. 45 seconds is not very long to talk yeah. about. Like 10 uh. minutes felt like not very long. 45 <laughs> seconds. That's kind of brutal. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should wrap up here. Okay. Um, not because I'm not having a good time, but because I'm trying to show something resembling restraint, which we have not historically done great with. But hey, we're trying new things. So we're trying new things. Not? It's the first time for um, everything. I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's a little bit stressful. I feel I like, like might, that it's stressful. I, yeah, yeah, I do too. But I feel like at the same time, maybe we should have like you know an option for a more uh, expansive conversation now and then. Like mm-hmm. even just like you know we get like one mulligan an episode where we can say, okay, we need another ten minutes on this. We each get like one power up where maybe, we get to yeah. like double. Yeah, one so, of the so we can have the room for saying no, no, I'm really I want to stick on this, but mm-hmm. otherwise. You know, I, I I think we should get a little bit better at making sure that we don't go over the time and cut off segments because I think that will be amusing probably for people who listen to the podcast, which, as we've established, don't include me. So my amusement at the idea shouldn't <laughs> count for a whole lot here. No, your but, opinion uh, has never counted for anything. But, uh, but, but yeah, no, I... I, I just I, kidding. That's yes, just a it, joke. Yeah, I love you too. Um, but yeah, Tony the Pony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dark. Yeah, dark stuff. Basically, I, I think we're I think we're wrapping up here. As well. I had a moment. I had a moment of uh, enthusiasm, and then it sort of swam away from me like a fish in the ocean. Like a, like a disinclined sperm, <laughs> just tadpoling away from the gene pool. Yeah, I would rather just rot away in a cave somewhere, a hermit, opting out of the great scheme that is life. I think we're making great progress on uh, genetically optimizing the format of yes. the podcast. I think, I think in another five or six hundred episodes, we're really going to be on. This was a, a this was a, a, a successful, touchdown, if you will. <laughs> this was a successful mutation, though. I think. Yeah, I know. Um, a lot of promising uh, genetic material here. Thanks for giving it a crack with me. Uh, I think in keeping with the tone of the episode, we should wrap it up really abruptly. Okay. So three, two, one. Last Butts. words. Oh, well. I guess that works. <laughs>